So Kaylee, right, here's a situation for you. You are a superhero in your own superhero movie. Mm -hmm. You are fighting the big bad person and you find that you need to call on help from your friends. Which characters from any kind of science fiction fantasy franchise would you call on to be part of your squad for defeating the axis of evil? Ooh, how many, how many am I allowed? Oh, as many as you want. There's no rules in this. It, it it's be. not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a squad is like a, a four, like a sort of, I'll do an Avengers size squad. I'm going to get Gandalf because he's pretty good and he's also very into self-sacrifice. So it means if anything goes wrong, I don't have to worry about him me, me who like goes it's, down. You say into self-sacrifice. He does that like once. Oh no, he does it in a big way though, doesn't he? He doesn't really even need to do it. I think it's a bit overdramatic, quite frankly. Yeah. I think he should just throw himself off that bridge of blah, 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 whatever it's called. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think it's just attention-seeking because The Hobbits was just so big in that point. Yeah, he was like, oh, they'll never remember me unless I die and come back in a different cloak. So. <laughs> I tie-dyed, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also very good at, like, figuring out battle plans. He's quite, like rocks up at the right moment so if you were worried about like oh he's died he'll turn up again just as we're all about to die and be like i'm here to save you Gandalf. so that would be good who else would i want i think i'd probably take a skywalker i just don't know whether i want leia or luke i feel like luke's got the moves but leia's got the the battle plan savvy so why not have both because well, i want to i want different people from different franchises in my group you know leia seems like she like if we go with the new films she does seem like she's learned how to use a lightsaber so technically she's got both going on so we got leia um this is a hard question paul i'm spending a lot of time thinking about it as well no, no one said this podcast was going to be an easy run it's very true life is not an easy run i think oh man i'm like i, I feel like a pokemon would be useful because i could just sort of throw it into the situation Ooh, I'm yeah which Pokemon? Like what? what Got a lot to choose from. I know. <laughs> I could go classic and just take Pikachu because he is the most loyal. His skills are pretty good, but he does seem defeated easily. He's pretty powerful. Does he evolves into a bigger version of himself, doesn't he? So maybe the evolved version of Pikachu. Yeah. Pikachu. I'll take him. Well, wasn't there was a Pokemon that um, it was able to imitate the power of another Pokemon, and it was like a little kind of like geometric ducky doggy thing yes i should and take it was red and blue i'll take that one we'll figure out his name later but he's if, coming if anyone listening knows the name of this pokemon please do tweet it at us we'd love to know because i cannot remember most pokemon for the life of me it's going too far back into my childhood <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i went there but i just figured they'd be useful and they're quite lo they're like little they're so cute. Yeah, really I could cuddle it when if I was stressed afterwards, it would be like a good, you know, anxiety Pokemon, like an anxiety dog. Yeah. And I guess my final one. I do love Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. but I feel like if I bring in a DC character, that's sort of, I feel like that's a, that's a problem. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's, and also, I don't know why I've decided that I'm Marvel. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a form of integration that we just don't want to go towards. Exactly. We're not into that. <laughs> Maybe I'll take Frankenfurter. Oh, look at you thinking outside the box. Yeah, because I feel like good distraction. Mm. Excellent vocals. So we can maybe turn it into a big music battle. Evil characters are never artistically inclined. So mm. if you're fighting with the power of music, they have literally nothing to counteract that. That's the ultimate power. Exactly. And he could kick him real well. He's got strong yeah. wicked legs. Um, what about you? Who are you bringing? I would say... I, I would definitely have Leia, not Luke. Yeah. Because I think Leia um, is better, is more of a people person. She's in my group, player. though. She's come with me, so. This is a different film altogether. This is um... no longer your film, this is my film. And Leia <laughs> can be in both. Leia can, Leia's part of the chronology of our, of our made-up MCU rival. Um, right. But I, I would have Leia because she's the one who sticks with the team, whereas Luke just buggers off to, like, an island in Ireland. I would have Laura Dern from Jurassic Park mm. because she is the one who is who says to Richard Attenborough life finds a way and no, she I need Jeff Goldblum. she says something she has a she has that conversation with Richard Attenborough in the in the dining room of the oh park. she tells him like you know you can't control it that's what this is all showing it's that, you it's that whole exposition scene where the audience goes that is the deep meaning of Jurassic Park 
you know, she doesn't have any actual powers, but she can face off a velociraptor. So mm. I'll have you Laura Dern. You should take a velociraptor as well. They're quite useful. Oh, yeah, maybe I could. <laughs> oh, and my last one is going to be uh, Sansa Stark. And yeah. I had to think about whether I'd have Sansa or Arya, but I think Sansa has a bigger army to call upon because she has the whole of the North, doesn't she? That's very true. And they do follow her to the ends of the earth. So mm. that's a good choice. Whereas Arya is more of a, uh, a more individualist and mm. I can't, there's no I in team. I was just thinking, have you ever seen Us? Yes, yes. I kind of want Lupita Nyong'o's character from that because she's two Oh, but which, which one? I want them both because it's the, technically they'd come as one package, so I'd have both and I could use them in a really cool way. Like, And she's also very, very good at figuring things out. She escapes from that little underworld and tricks everyone into thinking she's normal. So That's true. So you just, have, have, you just have Lupita Nyong'o? Oh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love Lupita. <laughs> Lupita um, Nyong'o, in, and she can change into any character she's ever played. That so you got her from Black Panther. Excellent. And that, that <laughs> would be great because she's a really good character. I'll take her instead of a Pokemon. I'll throw him out. Oh, the yeah. poor, poor little Pokemon we can't remember the name of. Um, poor, poor Pokemon whose name poor we po- don't poor, poor unnamed Pokemon. <laughs> so I'm going to have, yeah, Gandalf, Lapita, Pokemon we don't know the name of, and Dr. Frankenfurter, which is an uh, epic team. And I've got Leia, Laura, uh, Sansa, and a Velociraptor called Lola. Yeah, I'd watch both movies. They're both amazing. Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. So, um, today we're talking about The Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Not starring Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, What the hell is up with that? Apparently he was the first choice for this film. Um, Sorry, can you hear that dingling in the background? I can. Is that is that your dog? um, He's having some chicken. Eating eating his chicken and rice. (laughs) So he was the first choice for that role. I don't know why he didn't get it, but he was the first choice. Mm -hmm. And then they went for Edward Norton, and I think that the reason they maybe didn't keep Edward Norton on is I've read that he rewrote loads of the script and like was very into his character. He's one of those. Yeah, yeah. Tim Roth said that him and Liv Tyler used to just be in character all the time when they weren't filming, and I think that'd be annoying. I yeah, that is really that's that's very Dustin Hoffman of them. Yeah, it's not like it's a highbrow enough film for them to be doing it either. Because what is there to say? (laughs) Exactly. It's look. This is a Marvel film, not Schindler's List. Exactly. Like, what was he doing? Like, he's going towards the buffet. Someone takes the last sandwich. He's like, I've got to keep my heart rate below two hundred, or I'm going to go whole crazy. I get why they'd want Mark Ruffalo because I get from interviews, I get the impression that he gets the fun aspects of these films a lot more. I, do, I mean, Edward Norton's a great actor. Like he's great. in I love Fight Club. And um, have you seen Birdman? No, I really want to. I love Michael Keaton. I highly, highly recommend Birdman. There's a lot of very good performances in that, including Edward Norton. Um, so I like him in that, but I don't feel, I feel like he's, like we've said, he's a very sort of methody, um, intense actor mm-hmm. and what you really want from the MCU are actors that are likeable in uh, like interviews they're sort of playing like versions of themselves that have powers basically whereas Edward Norton's very character actory yeah and I guess what you I don't remember when you said this but I'm sure you've said before that you thought I know what it was episode zero you said you thought that the Hulk was going to be the most human one and I feel like Mark Ruffalo feels like a very human person going into general thoughts about the film this was one of um, its big faults. And I guess it's more noticeable coming after Iron Man is that the central character is kind of dull. Like Mm. Bruce Banner, they haven't given him anything. When you say that um, Edward Norton was in character, like what character was he in (laughs) exactly? He was just in the character of Edward Norton as the Hulk. He just kind of scowled and thought, oh God, I hope I don't turn into a big green blob. 
yeah i think that mark gruffalo you haven't seen him yet as the hulk but he is he's my hulk oh <laughs> you'll, need, you'll need some private time with your hulk <laughs> yeah i think he's much warmer i think that's what you need you need someone you warm towards because otherwise you don't really care about their problems you're like oh no you're gonna be a big especially hulk. if they're gonna be in multiple films <laughs> over a long period of time yeah so um okay. you need someone that you're gonna be attached to like you know doctor who you'd want a doctor who is you know, if you, either your friend or like an uncle or a brother or something like that, so you can stick with them for the three years that they they are they play Doctor Who. Yeah, or exactly. sister, sorry, sister or godmother, or you know, our fun fun crazy aunt. Um, <laughs> you remembered about Jodie for a second. I forgot that Jodie. <laughs> That's that. You were saying you were shocked that it was Edward Norton. I did tell you last week you were going to be surprised when you saw the Hulk. This is the greatest surprise of this whole podcast is that Mark Ruffalo did not play the Hulk in the first Hulk film. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of my biggest gripe with it is that it, you know Iron Man, you've got this really dynamic, charismatic central mm. character, partly thanks to Robert Downey Jr. I guess. Um, whereas nice. in this, you've got super super generic man with curse, powerful curse thing that he has. But I liked. What did I like? I like I I preferred the female character, the the heroine. I preferred Liv Tyler in Tyler's character in this to Gwyneth Paltrow's to Pepper Potts. Yeah, Liv Tyler's character called. She was like Betty. 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 Betty Ross. Betty Ross. She doesn't talk to anyone else. It obviously doesn't pass the Bechdel test. So we're gonna yeah. say she's just Betty. She's just Betty, and yeah. again, she's the only female character in the whole bloody thing. But she is she is a doctor and she is a scientist and she is impo- integral to the plot and I love and, that. as always is the case with Liv Tyler she's got problems with her dad oh my god she yeah she always plays uh, characters with problems with her dad I think mate well that's understandable if she was in character the whole time because then she's <laughs> being herself once again yeah. <laughs> like, damn it Steve <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who's, who's it? in Lord of the Rings it's um it's Hugo Weaving isn't it yeah I love how as, as an elf um so in in Hulk she confronts her father in a, you know, very human, very sort of, uh, father, I'm upset with you. <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, because they're elves, they kind of stare at each other, glossy-eyed, and they go, Nim <laughs> which is... Probably the same as Betty. <laughs> father, I disagree with you. I support Aragorn. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Dad. Get out the army. You need to stop with this whole army stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess that's a good plus point. She is, she feels like a slightly stronger, more evolved love interest than Iron Man. But in terms of diversity elsewhere, is there any? I don't think there is. No, absolutely none. They just kind of picked a bunch of white actors and threw them together and said, we're going to make lots of money. They did, to be fair to them, they did make a lot of money. I just, I do, I've never really been a fan of the Incredible Hulk movie, so I wasn't looking forward to a... This, this is the only one that's just him. Then... In the in any kind of crossovers, that's, um, I think that's been a problem for old Hulky Boy because he maybe would have got his own movie if if this movie hadn't been so. Mm. Blah. It's more just action sequences strung together. That was something I like the action sequences in Iron Man, but in this one I didn't like them as much because all Hulk really does is punch things, and it's just endless punching. It was just relentless, and I, I, it just got really tiresome after a little while. Hulk smash, Hulk smash. We're like, we get it, Hulk. Yeah. He only says it once, and that was a really clunky bit. He just, he went, Hulk smash. And it's meant to be that moment where he finally completes himself as a character. But there was no real kind of build up to it. I think he should have had moments throughout the film where he goes, Hulk stash? <laughs> Flash? Like that. And he's not quite getting the word. And then finally at the end, he goes, Hulk smash! And it would have required the writers to have like some modicum of sense of humour. And they, they clearly don't in this film. One thing I do like, and this is going into the plot now, is the title sequence. Because I really like how they just kind of summarised everything that's just happened. Yeah. Um, they, they basically are like, so he's got the power, he's got it through some kind of science thing, um, it's not a good thing, so he's run away. And we've got all that in the opening titles. And I really like that because you're going into this film knowing all this anyway. So there's no point in showing it all. Yeah, that's very true. I think, I think that's, that is a big problem with origin movies. They spend so much time like painstakingly setting things up and you're always like, I know they're going to end up as the Hulk or Spider-Man, so why are we doing this? Totally. So it immediately jumped to him struggling with his power. And he's in Brazil, I assume, it, 
it seems to be Brazil because they're speaking in Portuguese yeah. and it's, it's in South America. And here's something where I think he was, I think Bruce Banner did something really, really stupid. So it's his blood that holds this, this, this curse. It's in the blood. Yeah. And he's working in a factory <laughs> and he doesn't want the blood to spread into anywhere. And he panics because he gets a cut and the blood like falls down and he needs to clean it up because it could, <laughs> uh, could you know human blood is like that anyway it could have any sort of infection in but for him it's got this really really bad infection it's very um, true. yeah but I my question to Bruce Banner would be if you need to protect yourself from bleeding places why the hell did you work in a factory with bottles as well glass bottles glass bottles <laughs> and there's all this machinery that you can get cut and bruised and bumped about on what a bloody stupid idea like well done for getting to brazil but factory no he could have run like a nice little like a taco stall he could have um he could have run like a bouncy castle he needed, he needed to work in a pillow factory yeah as a pillow tester <laughs> yeah rather than the sewer because that's bad too yeah he didn't think that through and you know what actually that scene where the blood that took them over a year to shoot that really how old is this film this film's not that old it's not that old, but I think it was just, it was a real hard shot with the visual effects stuff because you have to like track it down through all those stories that it falls This through. is like when, um, uh, this is how far special effects have come on because like the first Toy Story took what, about 10 years or something? Yeah. And now they can get a Pixar movie done and dusted in about two to three years. Yeah, I think the longest one that they, they said took was recently was Tangled because of all her bloody hair. They had to try and make it look realistic, but... That's neither here nor there. That'll be for our Disney podcast when we go through all of that. <laughs> Coming up. That's we're planning ahead for the future. Yeah. And oh, and this the factory has my favorite character in the whole thing. And it is the woman who works in this factory. And what I love about her is that so all the men, they obviously they work in a factory. So their their overalls are kind of stained and greasy and they've got dirt on them. They're all they're all obviously not paid very well because they're factory workers. So they, they, some of them don't have many teeth. You've got the one who tries to pick a fight with him and he obviously has done a few, few drugs a little bit in his time. But you've got this one woman. She's got a full face of makeup. She's got the overalls on, but they're, they're very well fitted around her, I must say. Mm -hmm. And instead of the sweat, like intermingling with any kind of grease, she has not one bit of grease or dirt on her. And her sweat is such that it's just like this beautiful sheen. She looks like she's laminated. And I, the, the moment I saw her, I was like, you have not worked a day in your life in this factory. Don't lie to me. <laughs> she's just, they, they put her on the bottles. <laughs> she's just the model that holds up the bottles. She's there to make his heart rate go above 200. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't think she had any lines. I think she just sort of looks pretty, looks at him, he sort of smiles at her, tries to ask her out in Portuguese. Um, oh, and she helps him escape. Doesn't she live like below him or something? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, that was she's she's my favourite character in the whole thing. Oh, and the blood got into the bottle and it made Stan Lee sick. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you spot your Stan Lee cameo? I could spot it. I mean, he basically played a character in it. <laughs> well, sometimes you won't spot it. You know, but I still have to ask if you recognise him. Does he die? Did he die from it? I know Stan Lee is dead in real life, but in the, the character. In the <laughs> That's actually what killed him. It's been like thrilling <laughs> for years. I thought he died a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's kind of implied, isn't it? It doesn't look great for him. Drinking no. irradiated blood is never good for anyone. And also that's, you would sue that bottle factory. Well, that's how that leads um, uh, the army to finding out where Bruce Banner is, because obviously they would have, I assume they would have taken Stan Lee to hospital. They would have been like, oh, hi, you're very wealthy. And you've created all these characters. Um, but they have also said, oh, these are the symptoms of what Bruce Banner was working on. So Stanley leads the bad guys to, to him. And he doesn't become super at all. Because I feel like everyone else, he gets a little bit of the, the irradiation in them, becomes sort of mutated. And yeah. Stanley just goes, I'm sick. And I was like, no, you should be. They needed a scene later on where, I don't know, like Stan Lee is sort of looking in like the bathroom mirror and one of his grandchildren comes in like smashes something and he gets so angry that he just suddenly turns green like something fun yeah. like that would have completed that I was really worried about Stan Lee for the rest of that film oh and another question so Bruce Banner is he, he ran away to Brazil but he's somehow managed to get 
both a dog and a huge amount of lab equipment. How does that work? Well, I mean, I think you can just go get a dog. I don't know how it works in Brazil, but when I got my dog, no one even, you know, we just went and got him. We just got a dog. I guess it, I mean, maybe maybe he was a stray dog or something. But the lab equipment, like the he's lab doing. Equipment yeah. yeah. I... And also, I feel like both those things, dog and lab equipment, aren't going to be good for keeping your stress levels down. That's true. Well, that's why he has all those meditation. He does yeah. like meditation and shit, doesn't he? Um, it would have been much easier for them to track Bruce Banner down if they just looked on the dark web and were like, who's buying loads of lab equipment in Brazil? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's communicating with someone called Mr. Blue. He's Dog, Mr. Green, because yeah. obviously he is green. He's communicating with Mr. Blue. And then he, I assume, I, I, was, I thought later on he's going to get captured and have his ear sawn off like Reservoir <laughs> Dogs, where they're all called like Mr. Pink and Mr. Orange, Mr. Black and stuff. Oh, I wonder if that's why they did that little... I mean, I just thought he's like such a genius scientist and he knows he's hiding out, but he went for Mr. Green. I was like, you're not really, you're not really doing this undercover thing well. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I'm Mr. Green and angry. Oh, no, that's too much. I'm just being Mr. Green. <laughs> you should at least change the colour because everyone's yeah. been, oh, Mr. Green. Hmm. Bruce Banner what? turns big and green. Who did you oh. think Mr. Blue was going to be? Did you have any like preconceptions? My my immediate thought was that he's um uh uh he's the, the guy with the boring name from Shield. Colson, Phil Colson. I thought it was Phil Colson. It later turns out I'm wrong, and we'll deal with yeah. that when we get to that in the plot. But and yeah, so the bad guys get led to him, and uh and you know that um the 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 army guy is sort of a bad guy because he has the ultimate symbol of bad guyness he has a cigar yeah oh god you're right it is always a cigar this is Obadi- why Obadiah Stane had a cigar in Iron Man and this guy yeah I wonder if they know that that's what they're doing they maybe don't realize it's like a crutch and they don't or like a towel when you're playing poker and they don't realize it I would say if you're trying to disguise yourself from being a bad guy don't have a goddamn cigar or and a big mustache wear like jogging bottoms or something yeah, and he manages to get away. He turns into Hulk, and he encounters the main bad guy, who's not the one with the moustache, but mm. he's Tim Roth, and his character's name was oh, Bad he... Guy. Wasn't it Emil? Emil, yeah, but he had he also had a surname, and they always called him by a surname. Blonsky, Blonsky, was it Blonsky? Why do I only remember his first name? Yeah, he was, because I know in the comic books, he's like a KGB agent. So it would, it's a Russian-y name. Russian name equals obvious bad guy. I feel like we should have come a long way since then. It shouldn't always be about the Nazis and the Russians. Maybe we could just persecute a whole new group of people. Yeah, well, yeah, let's, um, let's just get a map of the world. That, that map of the world that's behind you right now. And we'll get a pin. And we're just going to close our eyes and go, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and just pick. You know who never gets made villains? These guys here in Australia. Well, what about those um, those people in New Zealand down there? Yeah, and they've got such friendly accents, no one would suspect them. They're all like, oh, Jacinda, she can lead the country, she does really well, but actually there's something going on down there. <laughs> She's evil. She smokes cigars all the time, we just she, have no idea. But she doesn't do it in public. Oh yeah, and so when he's in Hulk form, does he remember what happened to him in Hulk form? So when he turns back into a person, can he remember what he did? It's confusing. So I feel like it's not very consistent throughout. Sometimes he forgets or he'll end up somewhere completely different. And he'll be like, whoa. But he knows he's been Hulk. He just doesn't remember the specifics. Right. Okay. I thought, um, judging by the Eric Banner movie, he, when he turns into Hulk form, he's basically like lost total control. Like it's a sort of mm-hmm. Je- Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. I think it might be because like later on he finds a way to sort of control it a little bit more. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I get here. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. No spoilers. Yeah. Um, I, I guess from going by what we said about the title sequence, where it kind of like whizzed through the backstory, the filmmakers kind of thought, well, we've dealt with the fact that he can't, he can't control it and he has to learn to control it. We're jumping ahead now to he has some degree of control and memory, mm. but Here's something I know. So he, he turns into the Hulk to escape. And then he wakes up in Guatemala. <laughs> I looked up, the di- and this is the next day. I looked up the distance between Brazil and Guatemala. So not only is Hulk super strong, he's incredibly fast. <laughs> it's so far. That's a long way. He's a smaller Hulk in this movie than he is in the later movies. Do you not think? He looks a little bit like dinkier. He's a, he's a Hulkette. Yeah, and he's like a darker green. Like in the later movies, I could kind of see it because he is very fast. And he's like massive. Whereas in this movie, he's sort of like a big man. Like, I, I mean, he's, he's a lot bigger than a big man. He's not like Dwayne Johnson. He's bigger than that. One, one part of him doesn't get bigger though, does it? 
There's no. a certain part of him that does not get bigger, and that's why he has to keep his trousers on. But I did that like. Part I, he's angry. <laughs> no, that part of him doesn't get angry. No, it's, but they do. They do. So I always thought he gets bigger, but not only does his willy not get bigger, but his whole lower body doesn't get bigger because there's always a pair of shorts left on him. Very true. And they deal with that in the film because when he's buying trousers. He buys stretchy trousers and he get, he's getting like maternity stretchy pants. And I was like, clever. He, work, he worked around that. I like that. <laughs> he's a genius. He's a genius. He's, he's, well, he, they don't call him Dr. Bruce Banner for nothing. <laughs> and then he goes home and he finds out Betty's got a new boyfriend, but the new boyfriend is Phil from Modern Family. So I'm kind of like, well, you did upgrade a little bit there, Betty. Let's be fair. He's a nice man, isn't he? He's a he nice is a nice man. Yeah. Well, he's... He's doubtful at one point. They usually make the new boyfriends and girlfriends. Well, actually, no. They make the new girlfriends evil. The new boyfriends are nice and level-headed. There's a scene where I did think they were going to make him kind of villainous. I think he kind of, I can't remember what he does, but he helps uh, Betty's father, the the, the cigar smoker. Hmm. But then later on, he says something that shows that he's not happy with him. And actually, he's on Betty's side. So he's actually quite a nice guy. He would be a bit doubtful of someone's ex if they start hanging out with them. And also, you know, he turns into a giant monster. It doesn't sound mm. great. Like, on paper, the Hulk sounds like the bad guy. But, I mean, his character, Leonard Sampson, um, he, in the comic books, does have, like, his own super power situation. Oh, really? Is he in the other... He's not in any of the future films, is he? No, sadly. But, yeah, oh. like, in, the, in the comics, he... he he gets the gamma radiation, but rather than all green, he's, it's just his hair. Oh. And he's strong, but he's still smart when he tra- transforms. And So he's got, he's sort of got the powers, but more control. Yeah. Oh. I'd rather be able to turn big and muscular and green. Yeah, I would too. The green hair was quite fun. And I feel like um, he doesn't get much character growth in the film because they cut most of his scenes. Like if you watch the full, like, you know, director's cut or whatever, um, there's like quite a few scenes. And there's also one where he's like, Asking Betty, like, forgive me, I didn't mean to bring the army to the camp. And oh, so he's got there's some um, deleted scenes where he gets a little bit more. Uh, I did think that he was a bit underwritten. Actually, they could have. He doesn't smoke a cigar, so he's not true. He's not. He's definitely not a bad guy. He doesn't smoke a cigar, exactly. Yeah. And his his taste in cloves is nicer. So he's got a friendly face. Yeah, but this is where Betty is kind of important. Is that she hids all the information. Uh, she has it. I love it. She's just got it on a USB. <laughs> but that's the old days, isn't it? <laughs> but, it, you know, usually I, I thought, because this is like the ultimate kind of weapon that they're making for the army. Well, I know that I think they were just sort of experimenting and then the army wants to make it into a weapon. But I would have thought it would be, you know, inside a little Chinese puzzle box and it would be a little sort of glowing sphere of you know, <laughs> magical information. She's just got a USB that she got from Curry's. Yeah. <laughs> and she has all the information on there. Just keep it away from her mobile phone so it might get wiped out by the radiation. Maybe she thought no one would suspect the USB. Yeah, no. they'll be like, you know what, these are just holiday photos from that trip to Croatia she did. And she could have put a few holiday photos at the beginning to just sort of add that in. They have to like go through it and they're like, oh, this is this is Betty and Phil from Modern Family at, at Dubrovnik. This is them at Split. And oh, this is some uh, top secret information from this, <laughs> the Avengers project or whatever it is. <laughs> I believe this. Is there any uh, like studies into the Hulk being symbolic of like male aggression? Or toxic masculinity. It's like, I don't know the studies, but people have made that link. And also people made a link between HIV was also a read, a read of the situation as well. Oh, yeah, because of the bloods. Yeah. Yeah. I guess going back a bit. I guess that's a bit outdated now because it's not. Yeah. It's not the, although it's obviously still a health condition, it's not the, the worry that it once was because we know a lot more about it and how to, how, how to look after yourself if you, do, if you are HIV positive. But I, always, I did get a sense that he is quite symbolic of um, men trying to keep control of the situation. And if they lose control, like real sort of toxic masculine men, they should have control of the situation. And when they don't have control, they turn into uh, really angry, shouty, abusive people. Um, And it's this sort of image of manhood having to be in charge and if you're not in charge you're not a real man i did get some of that from that they could have gone a little bit more in depth with that but i guess it's a superhero film not it's not like a eugene o'neill play or anything is it but i think in edward norton's head it probably was so <laughs> he was probably hoping that was probably the rewrites he was trying to do he was trying to get in like a bit of psychology into there 
I really want to go through and watch it again because I, I've since learned that he he directed some of him, his own scenes, or he directed himself in some scenes. Oh. And I'm going to try and see if I can spot the ones he directed versus the general Louis Louis directed the ones. It's, so. the, it's the scenes where the camera's just on him and on nothing else. Just his steely eyes, just mm. a twitch. That's all he does. That's what Blooming Kenneth Branagh did with Murder on the Orient Express. Did you see that? And like Michelle Pfeiffer is out acting everyone in that, and the camera keeps cutting back to bloody Kenneth Branagh, and I'm like, Kenneth, mate, like. You, sometimes you don't have to have some screen time. Sometimes I know you're the main character, but sometimes you can let the others speak. And that's why he was such a good pick for Gilderoy Lockhart because he is Gilderoy Lockhart Playing himself, wasn't he? Yeah. But yeah, they, they 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 so the bad guys track him down and they have a fight in the university grounds where the whole university basically gets destroyed in this. Mm. And I love how is there ever a Marvel film? And you don't have to give away any spoilers here. Is there ever one where they deal with the fact that so much shit gets destroyed yes. like entire cities get like decimated and you know they all just like move on <laughs> there's no consequence think, yeah i mean not in a different way but yeah they do deal with that later on i do quite like that it's very team america they're like we saved it everyone we start the terrorists and everyone's like what and they've knocked down like the eiffel tower and yeah. destroyed the louvre and stuff when she's like he's heading into the louvre and she just shoots missiles and destroys the whole thing <laughs> we did it we saved the day yeah it's very yeah very apt but they do, they do touch upon it later on, yeah. Mm. And he runs off with Betty and she kind of established, she has a kind of connection with him because they're in love um, and she's the only one who sort of can calm him. And it's, it's kind of sweet that th there was a scene later on where the, I think they tried to have sex and his heart rate gets too high <laughs> and he gets worried that, and, and I was like, oh, that is the ultimate curse that they cannot consummate their marriage. I she think still have a good We don't know what's in his trousers. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she might just, just be a little bit too big for her. But it, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said no. <laughs> just, like, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> I'd be fine. Angry, angry. You just get thrown for a wall. And then they find later on. They find Mr. Blue, who turns out to be a man. Was his name Sam? Was he Sam? Samson, wasn't it? Samson. Samson, maybe. Sam Stern. Sorry, I wrote it down. Samuel Stern. I like the way I've just. Turned it into a new name entirely, Samson. 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 He's Samson. Because no, um, um, uh, Phil from Modern Family is Leonard Sampson. So that might be why. Oh, yeah. There's too many Sams. Too many Sams in this. Oh, it's like Lord of the Rings where you've got like everyone's got the same name. Yeah, they do. They're all like Arwen and Arwan and Gillog and Gellig and Gilly and Billy and Silly and Dilly. <laughs> Saruman and Sauron. You're like, dude, move along in the alphabet. But he's called Sam Stern. I found him a little bit annoying. And a bit yeah. overacting. I think he was supposed to be funny, but I didn't find him funny. Or That's fair. His character's meant to be a lot... I, I think they were going to bring him back because he, he's meant to become, like, leader, which is, like, another super villain situation. Oh, okay. But then I don't, I don't think he ever comes back. He got a bit of, like, Hulkness. He got a little bit... Of, because he's trying to cure Bruce Banner. Is he trying to cure him? He's trying to cure him and fails yeah, miserably at that. He's trying to cure him and also he's like, a bit like, ooh, and I've got all this blood that I could give... You know, we could make millions of medicine. You're like, oh, no. You're like on the edge of being a cigar smoker right here. Little... I, think, I guess he's an Easter egg then, maybe. Maybe, yeah. And I get, like you, you said that Leonard Sampson... Um, he, he has a bigger part to play in the comics as well. I mean, it, there's so much in the comics, I guess they can't get it all into the movies. So I guess they throw these bits in as a little nod to it. And then people like, say, um, my dad, who grew up reading the comics, will see all these little additions and hmm. enjoy them. And then it kind of keeps you guessing about which bits are going to be significant and which bits are kind of thrown in as nods towards this, the universe as a whole. And so I guess if you've read the comics, it must be so enjoyable seeing all this. Yeah, it's like when you're like, oh my God, a reference to this tiny little detail. I know, and then you can sit there and tell it, like I'm doing with you now, like you tell everyone, haha, he would be bigger deal with the comic books. Exactly. If you read the books, you would know. This is how you could make it work for you if you want to be, not that you've ever said you were snobby, but if you had said you were snobby, that'd be a good way for you to do it. Yeah, and it, it, the, the, the level of nostalgia that people must get from it. Oh, but meanwhile, Emil Blonsky, a Russian evil man. Oh, so he got injured in the fight mm -hmm. and he is then mending himself, which in a superhero film never goes well. They never just get a cast or some stitches. They usually have to get like a bionic heart or a bionic arm or something. And of course he does that and basically makes himself another Hulk. An abomination. Is that what he's called? Yeah. 
Ah. Did he call himself that in the film? I don't remember him calling himself that in the film. I don't remember he calls himself that, but that is what he is. So yeah, he does that, and then they, they have to fight in hmm. order to win. And this fight scene went on forever. Yeah, it's very long, isn't it? It went on so long. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, obviously, making these fight scenes is quite hard because you've got to storyboard it. And then you've got to make sure that each shot you do is part of that storyboard so that you're putting in the effects after. And It's not like you can just get people to run around a, a, a set screaming and throw yeah. some fire and shit at them. You've got to actually like rehearse it and stuff. But I would think the Hulk ones are a little bit easier because it's entirely animated yeah by computer well, not not easier for the visual effects team but for everyone else involved there wasn't much creativity like they just keep punching each other yeah that's always been my big i mean i've already said this but my big problem with the hulk is that it, a lot of it is special effects so i feel like you don't really get to like like you said last last time we spoke about iron man you always see iron man within there and it reminds yeah. you he's a human real person but with this it's more like extravagant special effects you can't really get into it properly. and there was no kind of the really satisfying when the, when a hero defeats a villain hmm. it's really satisfying when they do it in a way that surprises you but there have been clues for it throughout the film but yeah. in this it's pretty much who can punch harder. I always find it quite funny, like, um, in the comic books again, I'm just gonna keep doing this forever, in the comic books again, Abomination has pointy ears, and they didn't give him pointy ears in the film, because they were like, oh, if we give him pointy ears, then Hulk would have to rip them off of his teeth, and that just would get us the wrong rating. For, well, um, do you think that Liv Tyler was like, uh, no, elves have pointy ears, not Maybe. <laughs> had Lord of the Rings already came out by this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah all, all, it, Lord of the Rings was like 2001, 2002, 2003. So Lord of the Rings was a good half a decade old by this point. And their special effects hold up, don't they? I think it's because yeah. they're light with their special effects. They're not like, I feel like the Hulk feels a bit dated because there's so many special effects. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing because um this is this is what we found what i found with the star wars prequels when they made episodes one two and three it was in a time when special effects were really taking off like you didn't have to do anything for real you just whack in a green screen you can create anything on screen and they went all out on star wars with it to the point where it, you couldn't be engaged with it because you're like that's not yoda yoda's a puppet he's a cute little puppet and you know you pull a little lever and his ears go up and stuff like that you want the puppet um, and I think it was similar in the Hulk. There was no kind of, if you have too much special effects, there's no charm. There's no real cuteness to it. And I go, well, I mean, Lord of the Rings has all that, I guess. But then they have the characters in Lord of the Rings, don't they? And um, yeah. the characters are all like, they're all real and stuff. And it wasn't all green screen. You can tell they filmed, you know, they filmed on location in New Zealand for so much of it that there's that sort of charm and feel to it. Um, yeah, I feel like the Hulk's a lot more inaccessible when he is the Hulk because he doesn't retain any humanity really. So you, mm. it's hard for you to be like, "Go on, Hulk," because you're kind of like, "Well, he is kind of like in, in this movie, he's a nice guy when he's not Hulk, but in Jekyll and Hyde world, he'd be a bad guy, and we'd be like, we should probably yeah. not let him be running around smashing things like this." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why after so he defeats Blonsky and then he buggers off to Canada. He goes hides in a cabin at the very end. Which is nice. I would do that if I had that. Uh, Offred tries to do that much in The Handmaid's Tale. It's like, that's the ultimate solution for all Americans who are unhappy. Run to Canada. <laughs> yeah, don't go the other way, which he did the first time. Goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> did he take his dog with him? I, I'm worried now. I can't remember what happened to his dog. Oh my God. He left the dog behind in Brazil. No oh my God. It would be like that Futurama episode where the dog's just waiting and waiting and waiting for Friday. Oh. Don't. Okay, we're going to have to go to Brazil and find the dog. This is why superheroes don't deserve pets. You know what? A superhero shouldn't have a pet and shouldn't have children because they can't be relied upon to be there, hmm. but they also can't be relied upon to like live because they're always facing like moral per mortal peril. And supervillains always want to hurt them, you know, hurt the people they love. So if you have kids and a pet, they could just yeah. take the dog or the child. Yeah. It's like all the, all the female characters, that's their purpose, is to kind of be threatened. <laughs> <laughs> It's what you sign up for as a love interest. You have to sign a little contract. Like, are you okay with being kidnapped multiple times? I guess so. Do, is there ever a scene where they, one of them wants to have children and the female, like maybe, maybe Tony Stark is talking to Pepper Potts. He's like, you know what? I really want kids. And Pepper Potts is like, uh, hold it right there. 
let's talk about the dangerous lifestyle that we live here okay <laughs> let's talk about this rationally i don't want to tell you because i feel like it's a spoiler <gasps> do they have children oh my god <laughs> okay I'm, I'm i'm not going to discuss that because there seems to be more coming on the way but they should they sh i hope that they do deal with the idea of a superhero with a family they should have like a series like the Sopranos, you have a couple's therapist talking to superheroes and their love interests, but you never see outside that room. You just hear their recollections of like, and then he smashed up the Empire State Building. He's like, I did do that. Then that would be like, yeah, you learn about it. Yes, yes, that would be brilliant. Yeah, then he, oh, he gets angry. And when he gets angry, he turns to this big green monster and the therapist is like, mm, mm. yeah, yeah, that's real strong feeling that you have there. She's like, no, not a feeling. He literally turns into a big green monster. Do you want to watch? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. That would be a fun series. We should write that. You know what? The, um, uh, in uh, you know the TV series Heroes, yeah. they had there was um, you know I know it was terrible from season two onwards, but there was a character in a couple of episodes, and she her power was she could tell when someone was lying to her, and if someone told her a lie, she get like this kind of sh there was like the camera would shudder, and she kind of go like this, like she'd you know like you'd suddenly got. I don't know, maybe if you're pregnant and you suddenly get a contraction or something. I like that you're going for that as a feeling that you can relate to. Like the, the feeling that obviously neither of us can relate to, having <laughs> neither of us have given birth. Um, yeah. but, we, <laughs> um, but it was kind of like that. And that would be something to, that you could do a really good episode about because she, she was like really insular and really kind of anxious because mm -hmm. someone would walk past and be like, oh, I love how you've done your hair. And she'd get that feeling. And she'd know when someone's being fake, like not just lying, but actually just being insincere. And I just think, can you imagine the mental health issues if you had that that power? That is the, that is a curse, and it's, it's like a really deep breed of mean girls. Oh my god, yeah. But you know when they're being mean. That's yeah. The, you, you there's no hope at all. There's just people are cruel to you. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, The Incredible Hulk. I think I would put it on the same level of quality as Iron Man, but I like it and dislike it in, for different reasons. Hmm. You see what I mean? You know, like when you got like, if, you know, it, again, we can't relate, but you've got like four children and you like them, you love them all the same, but for different reasons. Kind of like that. That's interesting. I, I don't love it as much as Iron Man. I rank Iron Man higher. And it's not one that I would go back and watch again, whereas I feel like other ones in the in the universe i would go back and watch it again that's true i think iron man i uh, you know what yeah probably iron man is probably better because it just has that better main character and lead actor as well and you know he's going to stick with it whereas we know edward norton is not going to stick with it so you're like do i care enough he about this lakes off flicks off like a little bit of dead skin <laughs> ether yeah that's his next transition like he doesn't just go green he goes ruffalo yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, Tony Stark had the cameo at the end. Yes, he did. Talks to um, the the guy who started off evil with the cigar, but he got rid of the cigar and he's no longer evil by the end. Which um, is like, you kind of expected that he's talking to Hulk, like, you should come join my team. But he's not. He's like, we're putting a team together to that guy. Yeah. But I'm, you know what? I'm already seeing why people get so involved in this because you had Tony Stark's cameo at the end and I forgot to say in the title sequence when you're seeing like all the images of um what's happened to Bruce Banner leading up to the beginning of the film um you also see bits of documentation and it has like Stark Industries I mm -hmm. think Nick Fury's name was on there and that's Samuel L Jackson isn't it Nick Fury um and little things like that where I thought oh they're already like connecting up and there's already a scheme in the mm. producers' heads, and that's that's made me think. Well, I need to watch the next one as soon as possible. See, that's how they get you. Yeah, but that's good. That's good storytelling. Wait, well, you know, actually, in the director's cut, they have a little tiny of Captain America, like a little, like a little click of him. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, but Captain America's not had his film yet. That's. I, know, I think that might be why they cut it out. They were like, no one knows who this guy is. Cut that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and maybe his film hadn't been announced yet because it's not his film for another one or two, I think. Do we have a quiz? We do have a quiz. Do we, have, we have a quiz? We do a quiz? Yes, let's do a quiz. Okay. Quizzy quiz quiz. What do you think that this film made money-wise overall? Ooh. Like worldwide. Worldwide. Uh, I'm not good at values of things. $100 million. <laughs> 
$263 million. Oh, okay. Well, is that good? Was that a profit? You know, it was a box office success. Do you know how long after Iron Man it came out? It was only like a year, wasn't it? It was the next year. No, it was it was one month later. <laughs> I was. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they were like, "Yeah, let's keep this. Yeah, let's keep our iron in the fire, or whatever the phrase is. Is that the phrase? Let's let's keep our hand in the in the bee's nest. The hornet's nest. <laughs> Why would you do that? That'd be a terrible thing. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Have you already looked? Because I haven't, no, I haven't. No, because um, I I purposely don't look because I like that you reveal this to me. So Iron Man was relatively high. That was like ninety three percent or something, wasn't it? Um, so I'm thinking this is going to be more like eighty seven percent, eighty eight percent. It's lower. It's sixty seven. It? <gasps> That's really low for Rotten Tomatoes. I know. There's not much middle of the road with Rotten Tomatoes. You're either 80 plus or yeah. you're 20 less. And that's, and that's either good or you're bad. And if it, I find if it's anything less than 90, I'm probably not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit like that. I'm like, sometimes when I have to choose between a few films, I look them up on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, ooh, 70%. Absolutely not. Mm. I want perfection or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know Bruce Banner's fra- famous phrase is like, you won't like me when I'm angry. But mm. he twists it in this version to be something else. Oh, yeah, because he never said those, wor- those words, did he? Ooh. I can't remember what he said. Did he say, I'd, actually, you will like me when I'm angry. I'm delightful. <laughs> I would love that. No, he said, you won't like me when I'm hungry, which I think is true of so many of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be, you know what? They should have changed it all together and said he only, cha- he only becomes green when he's hungry. And it'll be a commentary on consumerist society. Who, um, who from the Marvel Universe didn't appear in this film, but appears in every other Marvel film? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson wasn't in it. That's right. It was him. Yeah. Nick Fury. That would have added like just a smidge of diversity for like a second at least. But... Okay. And they didn't have a post credit sequence. Yeah. This one as well. You waited to the end. I sat through all the credits (laughs) and it just ended and I went, oh. Yeah, I've wasted so much of my life doing that. Um, Yeah, he doesn't appear in it, which is weird because his name does, as you pointed out, his name does pop up at the beginning. There's um, a security guard that Bruce gives some pizza to. Do you remember that? Yes. Do you know who that was? (gasps) Oh, a cameo. Is that the director? No. Oh, is it, was it Shania Twain? <laughs> I'd love it if it was Shania Twain, but no, it's Lou Ferrigno. Who? Lou Ferrigno, so he's the voice of the Hulk in like, yeah, just generally in the series. In the, in the animated? Yeah. He's, oh, that's quite cool. I've never watched that, but that's a nice little touch. Yeah, well, there's actually a few other nice little touches, which I will reveal to you being as, you know. That's I like nice touches. So, Stanley, the, the pizza shop owner, was the voice of Dr. Bruce Banner in the animated series. Oh. And his name is Stanley, obviously. So Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the beginning of the film, Bruce is like watching TV and he's flicking through all these channels and he watches the courtship of Eddie's father. And in it is Bill Bixby, who played Dr. Banner in the Incredible Hulk series. Uh, so they've got all sorts of people involved to do little cameos. I like it when that happens. Yeah. What um, William Hurt, who plays General Ross, based his performance on a famous literary character. Can you guess who it was? Ooh. So he's the guy with the cigar and he's all like big and army-like. Mm-hmm. Famous literary character. Um, is, it some, is it a literary character who is also in the army? He has a captain ranking, if that helps. Captain. It's classic literature. The series I've gone for it because we did, you know, we did English literature. Yeah, but that, oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Like, I, I can't do. remember how to read. Um, <laughs> captain, oh, I'm going I'm to find out and I'm going to go, oh, there, Manta. I don't know, Captain Corelli. No, no, but I love that that could be who it is. No, it was uh, the gu- the captain from Moby Dick. Oh, um, what's his name? I can't remember. His name is. I've not read Moby Dick. I, t- I took one look at it and went, no. <laughs> I had to read it at uni. How did you skip that? Did you have to read it at uni? Yeah. What, were you, what course was that? Maybe it was part of creative writing rather than pure literature. Maybe that but, was one. The water in literature. <laughs> the classics, you know, classics about the sea. Yeah. Um, no, because he's like always endlessly chasing Moby Dick and that's kind of his big relationship with the Hulk. Tin. Oh my God, the name escapes me, but I do know the, uh can't remember. Is it Ahab or Ahab, isn't it? Captain Ahab, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Captain, Captain Ahab. Captain <laughs> Ahab. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I've already told you about Captain America being cut, so I can't ask you that. And I've already told you how long after Iron Man came out, so I can't ask you that either. I was going you gave, to. You gave me the answers. That was very remiss of you. I've already told you about the visual effects team as well. I find this one really weird anyway, The Incredible Hulk, because basically the producer even called it like a requel, because it's like a reboot prequel. Yeah, yeah, they, they did, because um, they had the one with Eric Banner in. Eric Banner, yeah. Bruce Banner. <laughs> um, but they kind of retold the story a bit, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what, what would you what would you change about the film? I would make I would give I would actually do more with Bruce Banner as a character. I'd give him, I'd want to give, I'd give him some reason to have anger problems before he's even Hulk. Yeah, just give him more of a backstory as a human rather than just as a superhero. I mm. think, and I'd also do more with Betty. Like, you know me, I'd always want to do more with female characters, but I think she could have been given... She's Obviously, she's active in the story, which is quite good, but she has no personality. That is a big problem with the female characters early on in most of the films, to be honest, but they get, they get personalities a little bit later, apart from one, who I'll talk about when we get to it. Okay. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I think that's the same for me. I feel like it, it lacks the warmth and the wit of the Iron Man movie that came out like a month earlier. So. Yeah, yeah. You probably go in thinking, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And you come out like, oh, well, that was fine, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And there is a roller coaster based on the ride. A roller coaster based on the film, isn't there? Oh, there is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And yeah, it was was just a regular action-y, middle-of-the-road kind of film. Yeah. I, I get the impression there's better yet to come. And Mark Ruffalo yet to come. Yay! I would love Mark Ruffalo to get his own little standalone movie. He kind of... He gets like a joint movie later on, but right. he doesn't get his own movie. I feel like he does deserve one. I'd like to know more about his version of the Hulk because he feels more nuanced. We will talk about it when we get to it. We will. What do you think will happen? What, what, do you already know what's coming next? Is this a stupid question? As in which film is next? You just said it a minute ago, didn't you? Oh, said yeah. Uh-huh. Well, which uh, new superhero do you think we'll meet next? Oh, it's going to be either Captain America or Thor. I'm going to go with Thor. Interesting. You don't think anyone might pop up in Iron Man 2? Oh, well, now that you said that, yes, I do. But I don't know who. It could be any, I don't know, it could be Frogman. Frogman. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be, I think you'll like it. I'm excited to see what you think of that one, actually. Cool. All right. Well, on our next episode, we'll talk about Iron Man 2. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. And can't wait for you to listen again. Bye. Yeah. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Virgin. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Virgin. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune in to the next fact-filled episode.